Um, hello in India and anyone watching from home. Um, as Greg introduced me, I'm Amber Poon. My husband is Sam Chensing Poon. He led worship earlier today and I've been a member here for six years almost. Um, and Greg alluded to it and my life has very much changed since first coming. Um, I don't have time to go into all of that and I'll start crying if I do. So, um, but recently um, I've been training up a few other people to lead Sozo. Um, and the first one is Teresa Maddox. I really have to give her a big thank you because she took it on herself to cram in all the training videos in three days time so that way we wouldn't have to wait to help people get ministered to. So thank you, Teresa. <laughs> Um, also, Emily Furlow has gone through all of the training videos, and I kept her up late at night talking to her about Sozos. <laughs> and then Daniel Williams and um, Sam Poon as well, they've took it upon themselves to do the training and are starting to take people through. So we're very excited. <laughs> so what is Sozo? What does that mean? Um, the sozo is a Greek term. It is found in the Bible 123 times. Um, and what's interesting is the context really describes what it is. It can mean saved, it can mean healed, or delivered. So saved is to be made safe, to rescue from danger or destruction. And I went through and found some scripture, and I have it bold and underlined for you to see where it's found. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. Luke nineteen ten, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Delivered. John three seventeen. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Romans eleven twenty six to 27. And in this way, all Israel will be saved. As it is written, the deliverer will come from Zion. He will banish ungodliness from Jacob. And this will be my covenant with them when I take away their sins. And Luke 8:36. And those who had seen it told them how the demon-possessed man had been healed. And that one's really all-inclusive. He was saved. He was set free from demonic oppression. He was also physically and emotionally healed. Um, and I, let me go back. I think I skipped over healed. All right. Um, so healed, that can be physical healing or emotional, spiritual healing. And in Matthew 9, um, this is where the woman who had been bleeding for 12 years, he, she comes and touches Jesus' garment. Starting in verse 21. For she said to herself, If I only touch his garment, I will be made well. Jesus turned and seeing her, he said, Take heart, daughter, your faith has made you well. And instantly the woman was made well. And then in Luke 18, Jesus is speaking to a blind man here. Jesus said to him, recover your sight. Your faith has made you well. So what, why do we need sozo? How does this apply to us? 
well, it's pretty simple. We're all pretty messed up. We all have a lot of hurts and pains um, that we've been through that people have done to us. And also, like, we can put ourselves down. We can really do damage to ourselves as well. And we believe a lot of lies. Um, some of that is taught to us. Some of it is um, things that we just kind of end up believing about ourselves or about God, our relationship to God, um, who he is, what his character is like. So Sozo really comes in, and uh, through the different tools, we kind of rebuke, renounce, uh, repent from all of the lies that we're believing. And this really comes into how do we relate to God and each member of the Trinity. So as I said earlier, these are things that we can, we develop kind of early in life. Um, how I picture God is probably how I picture my earthly God, my earthly father. Um, so if my dad growing up was really harsh and controlling and demanding, I'm probably going to think that Father God is like that. Same way with the Holy Spirit. Um, we kind of tend to think of the Holy Spirit as like our mothers. So again, if your mother is controlling and nagging, um, or a positive, if she's really comforting, you're going to think of the Holy Spirit that way. And then Jesus, we relate to as our siblings or our friends. And in scripture, he says he is our friend. Um, so if your friends are really good, typically you feel pretty safe and comfortable with Jesus. But this isn't just a um, battle that we do in our minds. It's a spiritual battle. Ephesians 6.12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So that's really important to keep in mind. Every day we are doing spiritual battle. And you have to decide for yourself. You have to determine it what you're going to believe. So we would say that Sozo fits into step four of the first five steps of entering the kingdom of God. First of all is receiving Jesus Christ. Then there's water baptism, baptizing the Holy Spirit, deliverance and inner healing, and also physical healing, and then entering a New Testament community lifestyle. And I just want to note that Receiving Jesus Christ is really the only one that's in order. You have to receive Jesus Christ, and then the others can kind of be different for each individual. So one of the important things that we do um, in Sozo is we forgive. I jokingly but seriously say that it's 90% of a Sozo is forgiving people. And that's because God takes it really, really seriously, and it's important to him, and he commands us to forgive so in Matthew 18, um, this is Jesus giving a parable to an unwilling servant. And starting in verse 32, it says, Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had, had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers, until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. That is very strong words um, from Jesus. And 
It's a command that we must forgive. We cannot hold unforgiveness in our hearts. Verse 34, it says, um, has the word jailers in there, and that can also be translated as tormentors. So in the spiritual sense, that can be anger. Jesus can hand us over to being angry all the time. It can be anxiety and worry. It can be envy, all these things um, that are not good. And it says we will be tormented. And it's really a grace of God that he does that. Um, It's for our good that he hands us over because hopefully we'll see our sin. We'll see that we're living in sin and then we'll cry out to him for help. So when we forgive, that is breaking the legal rights of the enemy to be there. And um, it's because when we're living in unforgiveness, they can stay. But once we forgive, then they no longer can stay. We can then command them to be cast out. We can rebuke them. They have no place to stay anymore. Um, And it's also not a one-time thing like a lot of people think. They're like, oh, well, I forgave that person once. Um, well, you kind of have to do it a lot <laughs> over and over. And then you might think that you've taken care of it. And yeah, I think I really forgave them. And then something comes up and you're like, oh, I still need to forgive them. So Matthew 18, 21 to 22. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. And I think other versions say 70 times seven. Either way, it's a lot. And it's not supposed to be an exact number. It's just until it's done, like until you don't have to forgive anymore. Um, So forgiveness brings inner healing. And um, Isaiah 61, one through four, um, later on in scripture, Jesus will pick this up from the scroll and read it to the Pharisees. And then as we are adopted into Christ's church and we imitate Christ, we can say this about ourselves too and declare it to other believers. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. So that's what is happening in a sozo. You're getting inner healing. You're exchanging your mourning for joy. Um, Any former devastations of our lives, any generational curses, that can be repaired. So what are some ways uh, or areas that um, are often common or areas in our lives that we need inner healing from? The two main categories are fear and anger. Um, And, I mean, who doesn't worry? Who doesn't have anxiety? Um, Who hasn't struggled with hatred or bitterness? Um, Or low self-esteem, self-hatred? Those are kind of 
big ones as well, but seem to be hidden. <coughs> then there's also any sexual sins. Um, we always think of adultery as being one area that we might need inner healing from, but it could also be pornography. It could be um, fantasy. People don't think of that, but that's actually a sin. And then witchcraft or the cult, um, that's another area that people tend to kind of group into like actual witchcraft, but it can also be control. It can be drug use. Um, generational curses are a big one um, that people don't seem to realize are there, um, but that is true from scripture that God blesses and curses um, to the generations. So other ways that a sozo can help, um, breaking a soul tie. Many of us can have unhealthy soul ties. A lot of times it's very common that it's to our families that we grew up with. Um, it can also be if someone has had sex outside of marriage or if they have a fantasy. A soul tie doesn't even have to be to a person really. It can be to an object or to like a book. Um, but in sozos, we go through forgiveness and repentance and break that off. There's also um, the tool that we call body blessing, which sounds a little funny, but what it is is where somebody has harbored sin so much in their life that it has now become manifest in the physical. And I have an example um, from my own sozo. Um, I have many examples. Um, but this one was kind of surprising to me that during a sozo it came up and it was found out that I had bitterness and the question was asked, like, are you harboring this anywhere in your body? I'm like, well, yeah, I have this tension always in my neck and my shoulders, and it turned out to be bitterness. Um, so forgave the people I needed to forgive, repented from it, renounced it, and thankfully I don't really suffer from that as much anymore. Um, before it was definitely a everyday type pain, and now it's, you know, infrequent. Um, there's also breakthrough. Um, how many of us just want to see more of God? How many of us um, struggle to give something up? Is it a form of control, like you always have to be in control? Or I, I really struggle with depression and I just can't seem to get past it. I know all the scriptures, but I just can't get past this. Um, Sozo, because God is speaking to you in this and um, revealing things, we see a lot of different areas of breakthrough. We also see generational curses being broken off, and that's pretty common um, because, say, an example is your family was involved in the Freemasons. There's definitely um, some generational curses there that need to be broken off. But also if, say, your, your grandparents, your great-grandparents, your parents themselves, they all struggle, struggle with bitterness, and you might have that problem too. That can be broken off through forgiveness, through repentance and renunciation. Um, so I could tell you my testimonies, but I really wanted to give a couple other people a chance too. So first I'd like to ask Emily Furlow to come up and give a short um, testimony. It's really been a joy to uh, work through the videos with Emily and see uh, all that God has done for her. And then next, John Gray will come up and give a brief testimony. Hi. I am really excited about today um, because Sozos have been incredible for me. 
I've had two sozos. Uh, the first one was about two years ago, and I knew exactly what I wanted to, uh, needed to deal with in that one. It was fear. I lived in complete fear of absolutely everything, uh, levels of anxiety that were just insane, and it would be so oppressive, it would be like all in my house, and my kids would have nightmares, and like not sleep all night long, and it was, I just, I, I had no idea that there was any alternative. I just, I just thought that this was the normal way, this is how we live. Um, but when it came for a sozo, and uh, I mentioned this is, this is what I need, and I, I realized that fear doesn't have authority over me, I have authority in Jesus Christ over fear, and I can cast it out at any time, and I can break that oppression at any time. And it was the sozo that helped me to experience that freedom for the first time and be able to go to war with it. And it was mostly through realizing the way that I thought about God and my perception of God, obviously, that was reason to be afraid because um, from different people's like abandonment of me, like mostly, um, uh, and uh, disinterest, like my parents had 10 kids. Uh, th that's a lot to take care of, right? So to me, like God's like, I got lots of people here. You're gonna have to wait over there. I can't get to you right now. And just seeing God as, as the human that my parents were, even my siblings, like I'm an older sibling, so I take care of the kids. Like I don't expect them to take care of me. Uh, so I, I thought that God needed me rather than like I needed him. Uh, so this horrible view of God that I had, obviously that would cause fear to anyone. Um, and renouncing those lies and forgiving my family and other people that had been in my past and Asking God for the truth. What is the truth? The truth is that God is sovereign. He's the ultimate protector. He's the ultimate comforter. He is the spirit of love. He is the spirit of power. Um, he is my friend. He is my brother. Uh, that, that just gives you so much to stand up on uh, and, and reject fear. And that, is, that has been like such a life changer for me. Uh, and the second uh, sozo that I have was, had was a couple months ago. And I had been dealing with like upper back pain like for the last couple years and I just assumed that it's because I wrestle with my boys and I do a lot of work. I don't know. It didn't occur to me that I needed help for it. Uh, and I didn't even mention it in my sozo when it came to my sozo, but it had been really acting up in the last couple days. What I really wanted uh, to deal with was like obligation and burden, uh, feeling like people's fate rested on my shoulders, my fate, my marriage, my kids, like everything mattered uh, based on my performance is basically what I was believing. And going through the sozo um, and realizing like being an older sibling and having those burdens placed on me at a very young age to care for the little people and be responsible for the emotional well-being of everybody in the house and just just realizing that God was not an unkind father that he he's the one that's sovereign I'm not and he knows that and he doesn't expect things of me that are impossible and in the sozo I I realized that he was wanting me to come and rest, and I couldn't. And I, I asked him, what is the lie that I'm believing that I can't rest? And um, 
I, I realized that it, I was afraid of the future. A lot of things in my life had been very unstable and a lot of the relationships in my life have dropped off and realizing that I was, I didn't think God was going to be in my future, like that relationship was gonna drop off at some point. And I asked him for the truth to replace that lie. And what he told me was that he was already in the future. Like he's not bound by time. He's not now being like, yeah, I'll be there too. No, he's already there. He's already working in the future. He's already got it all under control and I can come and rest. And I don't have to worry about and strive and uh, just think that everything that I do is what's going to bring out the future the way that I need. And the awesome thing was uh, in the Sozo, I like felt the pain leave my body as if somebody like took the burden up off my shoulders and carried it away. And, and that's the awesome thing about Sozos is that I didn't come for healing for my shoulder. Uh, I didn't even mention it. Um, but like the Sozo doesn't necessarily deal with like the leaves, the problems that are manifesting themselves. They go straight for the roots. Like what you believe about God, what I believe about God is the root of everything that comes out in our lives. And if we're believing lies about God and about how he relates to us, um, yeah, that's pretty much the source of all the, all the problems that we have. So. I hope you guys will all come to have a sozo. They're awesome. So um, we're all sinners and we all have needs. I like Amber Emily kind of led with that. And that's a good point. And um, a lot of times we get, uh, we kind of start to develop like an image or a reputation and we start to care about that, which is a problem in Christian community because then you're not being real. So. All of us can benefit a lot from these. So I'll skip over some of the like, kind of personal, really personal things we dealt with, but I wanna share a couple of them with you. But to start, um, we've been talking a lot about uh, the power of prayer and fasting to uh, deliver from sin and heal your heart and soul and correct patterns of thinking and do supernatural things that are wonderful. Um, so Daniel and Amber and Teresa said, uh, I think all of you guys were like praying and fasting for me and seeking God ahead of time. Um, thank you for that. Like, who wouldn't want somebody to stop eating because they were so serious about going f to the Lord to pray for you like a day or whatever before a prayer meeting with you? That's, that's totally touching. Thank you guys. Like, and, you know, and that's kind of a culture here at GCF. I'm, you know, many of us are often doing that for each other. So don't you want that? So how it works, um, you've pretty much covered it. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a special prayer meeting where your people are praying for you in advance and asking God to show things that he would like to do undo or tell you. Um, so three things for me. One, um, I, there was this group of people in history that have suffered greatly. Um, and ever since like 2001, I've had this nagging doubt in the back of my mind, like where it was hard for me to believe that God is good, really good to everyone all the time. Um, because of this group of people that have suffered so greatly in history. And, and like I just never really got past that. So I brought that up. And, um, and God is both natural and supernatural. 
Um, everything is both natural and spiritual. And my natural mind just couldn't wrap, I just couldn't get through with my own logic to, well, yes, God is good all the time to everyone, me and those people over there, right? And uh, in praying, I asked the Lord, you know, what lie am I believing? And what is, what is truth? What is true here? And God supernaturally just lifted that um, natural-minded use of my own logic off and helped me to see the bigger picture of what's really true. Because everything God says is like the reason there's a world. Like, because God said, let there be light and let there be an earth and let there be a universe. So it's, we need God to supernaturally take us to true things from things that we've got stuck thinking that aren't biblical, which means aren't real. And I had a false thought. Um, that was very helpful. He completely lifted that off me and helped me to see his goodness. Um, second, have you, uh, depending on what kind of person you were uh, before you became a Christian, uh, have you ever had the thought that following Christ means not having fun anymore? <laughs> we got a few from the good sinners. Well, that's been like a big thing for me. Um, so as, as they were praying for me, Amber kind of led, and she's like, you know, well, what's, uh, I, I, I heard the Lord saying clearly to me, like, all of the fun is from him. If you think about that logically, that's like, well, duh, everything, everything good is from him. So if you're having pleasure in sin, God is letting you experience some joy, even though you're doing evil. Like, that's incredibly kind of God to not just like, kill him, like, go to hell. Like, actually, he's letting you have some joy in life. So instead of thinking, um, I, I'm having less fun if I'm giving these things up, God helped me to understand just in one little prayer meeting, actually, I'm deeply grateful that God is, is blessing me with joy all the time, whether I'm kind of getting everything right or not. Like, he is the source of joy. It's not fun or God. It's God is fun. I mean, that sounds silly, but like, that's a really big deal if you've, if you've been in love with sin. Like, raise your hand if you've never been in love with sin. <laughs> And then finally, um, a little personal example. Um, I used to get my feelings hurt uh, pretty frequently, actually, because sometimes I would misread people's body language. Um, like if somebody was or wasn't making eye contact with me, um, I would think, oh, that person doesn't care about me. And that's not true, or not necessarily true, probably not true. You know, maybe somebody's multitasking. And, uh, and for some reason, that little thing was, was like eating away at my um, sense of closeness in one or two relationships with close uh, friends and family. And, um, and it, God just kind of, like, little things can become big things, you know? That's such a little thing. But that was like a really big deal for me and kind of has been for a while. And I was like really getting angry and upset about it. And, um, and God just showed me like, oh, um, like, they care about me whether they're looking at me or not. And that was actually, that has actually been like the most, like a super helpful thing. So, and then we went through some other things that are very helpful, but, but God is both natural and supernatural. And sometimes we can't get past what we can see with our eyes. 
And sometimes we need God who is supernatural to show us what's really true and help us stop believing in a lie or living in unreality. In fact, we need that every day. So sign up for a sozo. And here's how you do it. You talk to Amber, but you can also talk to Teresa, Daniel, Sam, Emily. Thank you, guys. Well, as they were talking, I realized that I skipped over one of my slides. So let me see if I can get back here. Because they brought up a couple good points. Um, first of all, was I wanted to mention that the Sozo ministry is, was developed by Bethel Church out in Redding, California. Um, you're probably familiar with um, Bethel Worship is the same church. Um, and John kind of mentioned it there, that it helps us to relate to God in a rightful biblical way of thinking by getting rid of the lies. And um, from the trainings, one of the instructors, um, she said this Quote, and I, I think I'm quoting it. I wrote it down quickly after she said it. Um, but she said, when the truth of scripture becomes what we live by, it changes how the enemy can and can't attack us. And that's so important. It's, it makes a huge different in, difference in our spiritual battles and our walks with Christ. And the other thing I wanted to mention is that um, some of the lies that we believe, it could actually be based on reality or just how we perceive things. Um, I think it was Emily talking about her family um, who has 10 kids. And while she was believing a lie, like my parents don't have time for me and then therefore equated it to God doesn't have time for me either. Well, that they, they have 10 kids. Like, of course they can't take care of all 10 kids at the same time. It's not necessarily that people really did anything wrong. It's just how we perceive a lot of stuff. So you might be thinking um, you're interested in a sozo, um, but we do have a couple requirements that we ask. Um, first of all, we want you to be baptized in the Holy Spirit because that is, after receiving Jesus Christ, your number one goal. It's going to help you so much in your daily life and your daily walk. It's going to help you experience the presence of God much deeper, whether at home or in worship here at church. Um, Speaking in tongues and receiving your prayer language can really build you up and edify yourself. Um, you're going to be able to pray. And when you don't have the words, that's where um, praying in tongues can come in. We also want you to read Total Forgiveness Experience. And that's so important because the Sozo deals so much with forgiving other people. It's imperative that you know what forgiveness is and what it is not. So, okay, now you're thinking about it. Well, what's it like in a sozo? Um, it's a very small group of people. It will be two of our team leaders, possibly three if somebody's still wanting to do more training. Um, but it's very small, intimate. We're not asking you to come up here and declare all your sins to the church. We don't want that. <laughs> um, you don't want that. Um, so it's very small, it's private. You don't have to worry about what are these people gonna think of me when I say I'm struggling with this sin. Like, we love you, we don't care that you're struggling, we wanna help you get past it. Um, we're gonna lead you in prayers of forgiveness, of repentance, and renunciation. Um, 
And the coolest part about a sozo is that you're going to hear from God. We're going to lead you in asking God questions, and we're going to ask you what you're hearing, what you're sensing, what you're seeing. And that is the coolest part when somebody comes in and they're like, oh my gosh, God just spoke to me. God just showed me this picture of how much he loves me. God just gave me this gift, and it, it just brings so much joy to the person and so much inner healing. And then we're also going to take notes, and we're going to give you the good notes that God tells you. Um, so we have somebody writing that down the whole time so you don't have to remember it. Um, and you can take it home and go over that later. And that's really going to help the truth sink in. So as I mentioned, you'll hear from God. And that can be different for every person. Um, I get a lot of word pictures. God created us with an imagination. And it can't, imaginations can be really godly and really good and beneficial, or they can be bad. Um, but in the sozo, it can be really good when God is showing you pictures in your mind and revealing himself to you. Other people hear from him. Um, it just might be like scriptures are coming to mind. It could be um, a sense of God's love or like, I, I just really think God loves me and he wants to be there for me and I'm just holding back. Um, so we ask you what you see, hear, feel, or sense. Um, but the biggest thing is we want you to expect God to do a miracle. Um, so many people think God doesn't really love me. He, he, I know he loves me, but deep down they don't really feel that. Um, but God is a good and gracious God who delights to um, bring healing to us. He wants this for us. He doesn't want us to live in our sin. He doesn't want us to live in um, self-hatred or bitterness or jealousy, any of that. So expect God to do something. Expect him to come speak to you. And I'll tell you that every sozo I've led, every single person hears from God. There's never been a case where they don't hear from him. So I just want to end on this note of Micah 7:18. Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over transgression for the remnant of his inheritance? He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in steadfast love. Amen. And thank you. Hey, Amber, one question. Okay. Uh, Questions from Greg. <laughs> And I'll repeat it so anybody watching can hear. So, uh, that would be great. Thank you. Um, of course, I observed one with you guys, and then, mm -hmm. of course, I observed was one with a, some, a leader from another church. Um, you mentioned about the notes, and I thought that just might be something worth reiterating. Uh, you can clarify this. I know you give the notes to the individual to take home, and you encourage them to go over them uh, regularly for about a month or mm -hmm. something like that. Is that correct? Yes. And then uh, also, you guys destroy any copies of your notes. Is that correct. correct. So um, for those watching online, Greg is asking about the notes that we take in the SOZO. Um, the first set of notes is between the two leaders who are leading the SOZO. Um, because there's only one person who's speaking to you at a time. Um, we'll, we'll take turns, but we're going to communicate to each other by passing notes. And that's just so that way it can be more silent and it can help you focus on hearing from the Holy Spirit. And it's also um, good for us because, say, the second person who's there, um, 
they're really picking up and the spiritual, like the whole time the two leaders are asking the Holy Spirit ourselves, what is it that you want to do? What are the right questions to ask? Um, we're very dependent on the Holy Spirit because we don't really know what the questions are that need to be asked. We don't know what the person is struggling with. Um, and we don't know what God wants to do in that time. Um, so we're always depending on God for this. And um, we might pass notes that like say, renounce this type of sin. And then um, Greg just mentioned, like asked about what do you do with those notes at the end? We just rip them up and throw them away. We don't keep them. We're not going to hold this list of sins against you in the future. Like, we don't want, want that. Um, we don't even care enough to keep a list of people's sins. Um, so the, the notes that we take, they're destroyed. Um, and, but we do give you the good notes that God tells you. Um, it's all the truth that he says, and it's all things that can be confirmed in Scripture. And we encourage the person to take the notes home and write it in their own handwriting, change the use to eyes, um, and then we ask that they go over the notes for at least a month, um, put it in a place that you can see it, um, that you'll daily be able to remember to review that, and it's really important. So that way, you know, that pesky lie that you had been believing for years, the more you speak the truth, the less that lie um, becomes in your life. It's not as controlling or domineering over your thought life. Any other questions? Sydney. Um, so for training, I've been going over the SOZO training videos with each member, um, and I think that would be a question for the leadership team about who's leading and who's not. So. We definitely do want to uh, grow the number of people who are trained and equipped to do this, and we always, like, like any, uh, all the other types of uh, prayer, like if you're wanting to... Uh, be baptized in the Holy Spirit, if you're going through deliverance. Um, we always uh, do it as a small team praying for you, and we act, always ask for some input from you as to who you're comfortable with being on that team. Any other questions? Sam? Yeah, um, so for, like, when you're preparing and then also, like, afterwards for the notes, uh, do you guys, like, how much, uh, as far as, like, scripture? Um, so Sam asked about the preparation and the notes and if there is scripture that we throw in. A lot of times um, when we do write down scripture is a scripture that God has brought to the person's mind. Um, and typically what we see happen is like the person knows the scripture in their, in their head, but then it's like in the sozo, they're really having it sink deep down into their um, emotions, into their heart, you know. Um, so typically we just write down what God is saying because we really are trying to focus on what God is doing next in the sozo. Um, but sometimes the person might mention something that might cause one of us to think of a scripture and we will write it down for the person, um, but not always the case.
Um, and you asked about preparation. We do pray after church on Sundays um, for any deliverance, any so-so coming up. Um, I, we also come early to the so-so um, to pray beforehand that God would really help whoever's coming to be able to hear from him, to um, hear clearly that any confusing thoughts would just be dismantled in that time. Um, so we're really there for you and trying to create that spiritual atmosphere of um, allowing God to work. So we come before and after. So, so. Yes, Kyle. For the person that's going through the so-so, would it be helpful, do you think, for them to do any, like, what sort of preparation would you recommend? Um, the most preparation is to read Total Forgiveness Experience, um, because really every so-so is different. Um, I've had at least four sozos myself, um, and different, multiple deliverances as well, and never once is one the same. And you, a lot of times, either the sozo leaders or the person coming for the sozo expects something to happen, but God takes it in a different direction, or he's like, oh, this is what I really want to heal, and the person's like, oh, well, I really needed that, and I wouldn't have even thought of it. Um, so there's not... a a lot to do beforehand. You could fast um, if you wanted. That would be good. Um, definitely come praying. Um, be baptized in the Holy Spirit beforehand. Um, but other than that, we don't really ask anything. Um, if you do want to come, we'll typically have you think of something that you might want to leave in the room behind with you. So say um, you're struggling with depression and that's kind of your goal of the sozo. Or you could ask for, I want to take something away from the sozo. We kind of want you to think about that beforehand. Um, so you might want to leave with having so much joy and just being filled with the spirit. That might be your takeaway. But other than that, we don't ask for too much preparation. Other questions? All right. Well, thank you, everybody. And um, if you're interested, talk to any of the SOSO leaders, myself, Emily, Teresa, Sam, or Daniel. Thank you. Thank you.